0: This is the Proud American Podcast, and I'm your host, Johnny Joey Jones, a Marine Corps veteran of Iraq and Afghanistan, and as always, a very proud American. Few professions in this country demand as much from us as serving in the military, and few others are as thankless as police officers keeping us safe here at home every day. Today's guest has done both, and if that wasn't enough, he's also a successful actor and singer. You may know him as Detective Alvarez on the hit TV show Gotham on Fox, but I know him as a United States Marine, a New York State Police officer, and an all-around proud American, J.W. Cortez. Hey, brother! Thanks for coming on
1: today. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Joey. Means a lot to me. I
0: hope I, uh, with all those that long list of accolades and professions, <laughs> I hope I didn't leave something off there.
1: Uh, no, but probably the most important one, or I guess the two most important, is that I'm I'm also a dad of two amazing young men, and and I'm also a husband to an amazing wife. Um, so just shout out to Francesca, Jaden, and Jonah.
0: <laughs> All those brownie points racking up, Father's Day is going to be <laughs> awesome.
1: Yes, no, sir. I'm
0: with you there. You're right on that. So, you know, this is the, the question you probably get more often than not, but it's a great way to start the conversation. You know, as a Marine, how does a, how does a jarhead become a Hollywood actor? What, how does that happen?
1: You know, I'm still trying to figure it out, Joey. I think, you know, if I really had to sit down and and analyze how it all kind of comes together, you know, so much of what the Marine Corps instills in us at such an early, you know, in that early juncture, right, of us searching and and trying to earn that title of Marine, I think is really what I rely on the most. And, And it's really simple, right? It's number one, discipline. Right. Discipline kind of has this negative connotation to it for a lot of people. But to me, discipline, it equates to freedom. You know, if, if you're willing to put in the many hours away from the lights and cameras, if you're willing to sacrifice the luxuries that some people just can't go without, if you're willing to do these things, then when the opportunities present themselves, that's the freedom that I think comes from that. And so the Marine Corps taught me that for sure. Second thing is you're never out of the fight. You you hear so often of these stories and and through the training that there's always an opportunity to win and to repel the enemy's assault and all these other things. But essentially, I think what it comes down to is you can always find a way to pick yourself back up and and in this instance for me after so many failed auditions right uh where i could have easily given up and say man i suck this is just not for me i just refuse to allow myself to subscribe to that notion and again that's something the marine corps taught me so i think to answer your question applying those principles that i learned in the marine corps and, and 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 adapting them to to this hollywood pursuit um has made me somewhat successful and I think at the end of the day, what I tell a lot of young people who are pursuing the arts is if it's the first thing you think of when you, when you first rise and if it's the last thing that's on your mind, you're yeah. on to something. It's your uh, job yeah. to honor that. you know.
0: No, I love how you say that. That's a great thing. I had another question here, but I kind of want to stay with this for a minute. So yeah. I think what I've learned in my job, people ask, you know, going on television the way I do. You know, what's next for you is what a lot of people ask. And what I say is, you know, as long as every day I wake up, either get an opportunity or learn something that I didn't do yesterday or didn't know how to do yesterday, it's that hunger for a challenge. And I think that it sounds like acting kind of satisfies that for you the way maybe the Marine Corps had, because, you know, in in the military, you're always trying to get the next rank or the next school or the next shooting badge. And there's always a challenge in front of you. And is acting similar to that?
1: I think so. You know, and and you're the first person that's ever kind of like, you know, kind of brought it all together like this. Um, I think so. You know, I think that um, for me, as much as, you know, I love the reward of acting, which is actually booking the job, you know, what keeps me going is that I have not yet booked that role. So, you know, although some people do every occasionally stop me on the streets of New York and go, hey, you look familiar or hey, Alvarez or whatever, you know, I still long and I'm still working towards achieving that that role, you know, yeah. that, that iconic role that for me as a kid, it was Rocky, right? I'm yeah, like, yeah. I think about it and I think about the feeling that just it permeates through the bones and you're just like, man, I, I can be Rocky. And for me not having yet achieved that keeps me in the fight. It it doesn't allow me to kind of like rest on my successes and it just keeps me going. And it's a, it's a hunger that it's insatiable, man. I just, I cannot seem to stop looking for it, you know? And, and some people may say, well, that's a bit unhealthy. I go, well, you know, that's, that's just your weak minded (laughs) (laughs) approach. I think, you know, Uh, you've got
0: me wanting to go take over the world already, man. You're bringing a (laughs) rocket and I'm ready to go.
1: <laughs> Let's do it.
0: <laughs> no, I love it, man. And that's and that's marine in you for sure. And and so then you know now you're also a police officer, not only a, a state police officer, but you've been one for a long time. So where did where does that fit into the mix? How did that become a part of the equation?
1: It's it's probably one of the things that I had not really planned on a hundred percent. So what happened was. After my active duty time, um, I, I went into the reserves and I joined an infantry unit out of New York. And uh, I did it for about a year and a half or so. Uh, and, you know, I was I was negotiating certain things in my life at the time. So the one weekend a month was kind of cool and it, it, it kind of satisfied that part of me that I, you know, I, I missed. And then I was back out to the civilian sector and um, it wasn't right before 9-11 happened that I was like, you know, this really isn't um, what I thought it would be. You know, I'm not a millionaire yet and I, I'm a bit unstable. And I just figured, you know what, I need some stability in my life. What's the closest thing to being a, a Marine? And for me, it, it just made sense. It was like law enforcement and a lot of the Marines I was in the reserves with were also cops. And I just said, you know what, man, let me just take this test. So I took a slew of tests for different agencies and departments. And then ultimately what I um, what happened was they didn't call. They didn't call for a while. And then in 2002, my unit was uh, mobilized for Afghanistan. And then uh, after 2002, I got mobilized again for Iraq. In that time, they had called. And every time they called, I had those two answers. Hey, I'm mobilized for Afghanistan. Hey, I'm mobilized for Iraq. And when I finally came back at the end of 2003 is when I met my wife and the department called and said, Hey, are you, are you deploying again? I mean, are you going (laughs) to stick around this time? (laughs) And I was like, I think I'm going to stick around for a little while. And so they said, well, if you're interested, we'd like to offer your position to attend the Academy in January of 2004. So, you know, to kind of interject this part into the story i i go into the academy i successfully passed the academy i'm now on patrol and i went back to something that i had always wanted to pursue and so that was about a year or so later into me being a cop but i decided i'm still going to pursue my dreams and one of those is to act and sing so early on in my police department career Very secretly, I started to pursue this acting thing on the side on my days off, if you would. And I never imagined that this little itch of an acting thing that I had inside of me would would kind of manifest into what it's become today at the same time while serving as an active police officer. So, yeah, it's like having three balls up in the air at the same time. And at any given moment, all three can drop. And I'm just trying to keep everything afloat, you know. But that's how it happened, and uh, yeah. Man, that's an awesome
0: story. And, you know, the name of this podcast is Proud American Podcast. And could you think of anywhere but this country where you could, you know, live three lives and almost at once the way you have and, and be successful
1: at all three of them? I don't think it's possible, to be honest with you. That's yeah. what makes this country so great. And that's, that's you know, the, it's true, and as, as cliche as it may sound, sometimes you hear people say, you can be anything you want. And, man, are we not living proof of that? Absolutely, and, and there's an, there's a part of that that people don't say, which is
0: you can be anything you want as long as you're willing to work for it and be told no a thousand times before someone says yes, right?
1: <laughs> Amen. That's the that's the truth. Yeah. That's yeah. That's the truth.
0: No, and, and and I've I've experienced that a little bit in my own life, but it's you know every time you you think a door is shut, one, it's never all the way shut, I don't think, and two, you know that's one more time is all it takes, you know, one more time than the last time you were told no is is all something takes. And, uh, and I think you're living proof of that. Number one, you know, because it wasn't always, it wasn't the Academy telling, you no; it was life telling, you know, cause here comes a deployment and here comes a deployment, but it was still a dream you had. And then you became a police officer. And then, you know, now acting has done really well for you. Um, and so you're a guy that likes to serve and now you're serving in more ways than others. You're, protecting us but you're also putting a smile on our faces what comes next on on in life I know you told me you're about to retire from serving as a police officer so what's next
1: uh, yeah you know I it's interesting um when I was going through acting school you know I was literally running i I, I take off my bulletproof my bullet resistant vest. And my gum belt, and I throw it into my locker. I'd hang up my uniform, and I'd run across town to my acting class. And I was the oldest guy in my class. And I'd, I'd slide into my seat right before my acting teacher would close the door because he said, "If you arrived late, that's it. I'm not opening the door. You're gonna miss out." And so, you know, being with these kids in this in this class, and and always, you know, I got to be honest with you. There were times where I'm like, "Man, I think I'm too old for this. I think I may have missed my boat here." And, and, you know, battling those demons and then finding that I was able to exercise some of these demons through these characters that my acting teacher would have me play. And, and what, what he said to me made it all okay for me. He said, you know, JW, you're an interesting character, right? You, you've, you've served your country. You're serving now as a cop. And what you're doing at this very moment is you're learning how to serve yet again. And I'm like, what is he talking about? He's like, think about it. People pay good money to go to the theater, to, to to subscribe to television channels, to pay for movie tickets. They expect you. No, they demand of you to be able to transport them into another part of the world that, or or universe that they're just not privy to, and they just want to escape their everyday mundane lives. That's your job. And so <laughs> you are serving in that way. And when he said it, like my eyes just went really wide and... I was like, man, I never thought of it that way. That's this totally validates what I'm feeling, and um, and so that's what I've done. And so to answer your question, yeah, I'm really close to retirement. I'm ready to close out that chapter. It'll go into the book one day. And what I have been very blessed to now uh, do is to become president of the Detective Rafael Ramos Foundation. And I should say that for your listeners who are unaware. Detective Rafael Ramos and Wenji and Lu were two New York City cops who were sitting in their patrol car on December 20th, 2014, and the world came to learn that these two men were executed by a coward, and uh, the coward then later on wound up taking his own life when he was confronted by uh, members of the NYPD. But since that time, at the height of the BLM movement back in 2014, the the widow, Maritza Ramos, she set out to not cut herself off from the community, but to, in fact, embrace her community and heal the community right where they were both executed, actually. And um, it's been five wow. years. I joined them about a year or so later and uh, as a board member. And now, just within this month, they've asked me to take on the role of, of president of the foundation. So I'm going to use my, you know, quote-unquote celebrity and everything else that I've ever done in my life, and all the tools and skills, and and all the connections to just you know put out the word that I'm, I'm the guy now, and and you know we have a lot of ideas. And ultimately, I think what this foundation represents is um, is that power to say, okay, despite this horrific and inexplicable act of violence and evil, it was pure evil what happened. Um, we're willing to to still embrace you know, one another and to not just talk about these things that have to be done, but, you know, set forth a good foot and, uh, and do something. And We've done a lot. I think uh, I think a guy like you is not going
0: to be held back and whatever this foundation decides to do, you're going to take it into it. I really do. That's, that's an amazing you, story. I mean, her story is amazing. From tragedy uh, comes an opportunity to triumph and maybe make a community better. In a in a time like this, and I told you, like this is not about politics, this is about life. But in a time like this where there are different messages out there, you're working in Hollywood, you're serving as a police officer. Do you feel like you're accepted on both sides in your community and at work on the acting side? Or do you feel any friction there? Or do you think that people are understand beyond that?
1: Oh, uh, it's a great, great question. Um, you know, th- there are times when I feel like it's it's served me well. You know, it allows me to enter rooms that perhaps I wouldn't have been afforded the opportunity to enter. It allows me to engage in conversations that probably some people thought I didn't belong in. And so sometimes when they find out that I'm acting on one of their favorite shows, they're just more receptive to me. And perhaps the words that I'm, you know, delivering are a bit more impactful. But then vice versa, sometimes when they find out that I'm a cop, some people just have, you know, their own belief system when it comes to law enforcement and it it kind of jades the the conversation a little bit. And so it, it it has in some ways been positive and in some ways I think it's been a little bit hampering. Um, it's unfortunate, you know. I think you know, I grew up on a block uh in New York City that was nicknamed Little Vietnam by the NYPD because of the level of gang and drug abuse that was happening on my block and you know, at five years old, I saw the first person ever get shot in front of me. Um, so to come from that environment and end up where I am today, I think it, it shouldn't hamper anything. If anything, it should be even more provocative to, to sort of, you know, open up that dialogue and um, to just find out what's going on and what's needed.
0: Well, I think you serve as a testament to that. I think
1: that if anything, people
0: listen to this podcast can say, you know what, sometimes people have something to say and, and whatever label I'm putting on them isn't a reason not to hear it. And um, and you just do a great that's, job of, of reaching
1: people anyway. That's true. Thank you. So true. Uh, something else I wanted to touch upon, you know, there's been a lot of, uh, there've been a lot of questions about how I feel about what's going on in the world right now with policing. And and I just want to just let your listeners hear it from me directly. Um, You said something earlier, this isn't about politics, this is about life, you know, and I think we're not going to be able to really, at least here in New York, really move forward until we can figure out a way to bring back uh, the community and the police relationships to what they were. Uh, I just don't see New York being able to succeed without that happening. So I've been urging people in my communities and um, using my new platform as president, just really challenging our elected officials and, and folks in the community to step up, you know, step up with some real actionable, executable plans, and let's sit down with our community leaders Let's empower them. Let's talk to them and find out right from them what do we need to get this thing under control? Because right now, uh, we just had a kid stabbed and set on fire by with gasoline. I mean, a fifteen year old kid, and it's just it's every day something even more horrific, and people are getting numb to it. And that's that's not what we're about, you know. Ever,
0: man. You, uh, I, I'm sure people tell you this all the time, but you're a natural born leader. I've seen it and I've heard it and I know it. And uh, I want all your dreams to come true. But if you're not headlining the next major DC superhero movie, <laughs> uh, maybe you need to consider other areas of leadership that might include politics, because we could really use you right now.
1: Yes, sir. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Very kind of you, Joey. Well, now, David, I feel the same way for you too, sir. So yeah, no, uh, thank you. It's
0: it's a it's a it's good when you can. Make friends of your acquaintances, especially when you have so much in common. And a guy like you is someone I look up to and and really appreciate this conversation with. And so thank thank you, you so much for coming on today.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much. I look forward to the next one, buddy.
0: Yes, sir. President Reagan once said, most people spend their entire lives wondering if they made a difference. But Marines don't have that problem. I think it's safe to say JW has made a difference in this country and his community several times over. I thank J.W. for his continued service and look forward to seeing him on the big screen soon. To hear more stories like this, visit foxnewspodcast.com and be sure to check back next week for a brand new Proud American Story. I'm Johnny Joey Jones, and thank you for listening.